This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we get deep into the NBA Conference Finals. We got a little bit of Panthers talk for you and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk or hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. If you want to be a part of the show, you can also hit us up on the Facebook page, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. It is a pleasure to be with you guys as always. I got my main man and yours, DJ High Star, in the building here in High Star Studios. Bro, what's good with you? What's good? What's good? Cooling, man. Been a, been a little minute, you know what I mean? We we out here uh, having some good fun. Not as much fun as Pat Bev, but uh, <laughs> what you been up to, early, man? Early teaser. Nah, um, <laughs> a pretty fun weekend kicking it with the with the younger bruh, uh, with little bruh, you know, uh, our Frat brother, for those that don't know, our older frat brother, Profite, uh, had a son or has a son that we watched, you know, matriculate through high school and all of that. And mm-hmm. he actually just graduated college out there in Livingstone College. So shout out to Tyler. Um, <laughs> celebrating, that, celebrating all his scholarly achievements on uh, on Saturday by by way of cookout. So that was fun to get out the house for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Had a, had a good time with bro, man. It's it's funny to see, like you mentioned, we watched Burr kind of grow up um, through his adolescence and into college and stuff. Man, what's your favorite memory from college? I'm just randomly gonna throw it at you at the, without any heads up. Uh, it's got to be the sweaty parties, man. Sweaty <laughs> parties. <laughs> see, specifically, they they I think a lot of folks don't understand. Like, it used to go down in Orangeburg in the only two thousand yeah, early two thousands, man. You you are like you a club outfit was specific because you. Are looking mm-hmm. to dress nice, but you also understand that yo, this outfit might only be be worn like tonight. And, That's it. You know what I'm saying? And I might have to do away with this outfit. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? If if everything goes right, like factual. The Thursday nights uh, in in the Berg, man, really the whole weekend because Thursday was college night at the club, and then Fridays there was gonna be a party. Most times at Claflin. Saturday was the state parties, and then Sunday you go to church and. Even on off nights, you had your random house parties and stuff uh-huh. like that and kickbacks. So the trendy parties, you, man. You, know, you wanted work. to, oh, right. If legendary. you wanted to um, 
you could definitely slack off. But yeah, that's that's my favorite. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm just answering the random questions at this point. <laughs> so my favorite college memory has to be uh, going to class every time that the doors were opened and nah, uh, playing spades all through the night. Man, we we had some fun. I was just thinking about it, like thinking about Tyler and you know, leaving that segment of life and, you know, where we were back then and everything. But if you guys want to hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, we're going we to have a couple opportunities for you today. But hit us up with your favorite uh, either high school or college memory. Uh, in the, and congratulations not just to my dog, Tyler, but to all of our listeners and or family or friends who may be graduating and moving on and matriculating to the next phase of life. Congratulations. You did big things and uh, you earned it. So without further ado, bro, what you say we jump into the show, man? Talking about folks who earned it. Let's right. talk a little bit of NBA real quick. Yeah, let's 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 do that. Um, so I'm gonna start off on Thursday evening. Last Thursday evening, May the 12th, the Miami Heat actually closed out the 76ers to start off the uh, clinching of the conference final buy-ins or bids. They won 99 to 90. Then on Friday night, uh, the Warriors, in a redeeming fashion, after getting blown out and smoked by the Grizzlies in Memphis. <laughs> They beat the Grizzlies 110 to 96. I didn't like the last three games of how that ended, of how the Warriors, you know, did the last three games of that series, but we'll talk about it. So they won that series. And then on Sunday, it was uh, two two, uh, beatdowns that (laughs) I didn't really want to see happen that way. Sunday. Go down that way. Yeah, it was was like a slaughterhouse Sunday. Um, The Celtics started it off by clobbering the Milwaukee Bucks. 109 to 81 and just when you thought like okay that was just an anomaly you know i know it's a con it's a, you know to get to the conference finals or whatever like that cool then you had the dallas mavericks mm. and uh i don't know what kind of fashion it was but they took care of the suns without me using profanity they took care of the suns 123 to 90 where in the same game I want to say that uh, Luka Doncic had 27 points at the end of the first half mm-hmm. that the matched team, their whole, the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. 27 points in the half in the first half, as a team, ladies and gentlemen, like all of them collectively combined. Um, so most of the most of that game, and, and mind you, the game was in Phoenix, so it was that awkward silence going on. But most of that game was uh hung by 40 paws but uh there was a 40 piece hanging over phoenix's head 30 to a 40 piece hanging over phoenix's head out of nowhere bruh out of nowhere and um i spoke a little bit about it on our group on the bruh's group chat that we have but as a coach um because again like i alluded to with the warriors i didn't like the way that the warriors played the last three games mm-hmm. the composure that they that they lacked and um really and this is just my little sidecar real quick, but Draymond, you know, again, he's, he's been praised. He's got his paycheck and everything. He's got his payday, but he's been told that, you know, he's the, the life force of that Mm -hmm. team and stuff. So that's a blessing and a curse because it's almost like when he wants to push the ball, he's going to push the ball regardless. regardless. Like, and we know like that type of, that type of play, it, 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 it's well, like a lot of times in the regular season, throughout different matchups and different, you know, different styles of teams and stuff like that. But you've been playing this team in this series for three, four games straight. You know them. They know you even mm-hmm. more importantly. 
And, you know, they were getting record amount of turnovers in the first, second quarter. So uh, to, to bring it full circle, when your team is, is out of control like that um, or off keel, what, especially as a leader of men in professional sports, what are you telling, your, what are you telling this group of grown men? As a coach or as? As a coach. Sit down and stop doing that. Like, as a coach, you have to recognize schemes. And, and although you love the energy, you love the enthusiasm from a Draymond who is, he's the vocal leader of that team, point blank, it is what it is. But you also have to tell them they thrive on the fast pace. They thrive on being able to turn over because they Meaning are. Meaning they a, is Memphis in Memphis. this case, right? Okay. Right. They thrive in that type of environment. They love. They are a group of young, hungry, the youngest horse-hearted the players. Yeah. Them boy go run more than you go run. Right. And so for him to continue to try to push the pace, knowing that by the time you get there, they're already in defensive position and or intercepting passes and or stopping you from getting to your spots. That one, that's not warrior basketball. I understand the chain, using that as a change of pace, but that's like a pitcher in baseball coming out and trying to throw 100 every time. You're not going to have an arm by the fourth inning. And then the energy transfer to people like Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. to people like Clay Thompson, to even Steph, where now y'all are um, creating turnovers and, and everything like that. And uh, to answer my own question real quick, I, <laughs> I really thought about it and was like, I would, you know, again – preach pace to my team and you know when we're playing too fast for ourselves you know make that known to the team right. and tell them just we need to reel it back in and slow down which they eventually did in game six mm-hmm. which is why they they pulled it out at the end but when you're talking about um, my, my fault but when you're talking about Bain when you're talking about Brooks and what they did they was like it was it had me sweating what changed between game five and game six? For the Warriors? Mm-hmm. Like I said, composure toward the end of that as far as pace. The pace slowed down. I mean. But I, I guess I'm looking at more so why. Between game five and game six, Mike Brown had a time, a chance to go and talk with Steve Kerr. Because if you remember okay. in game five, he was thrust into the starting position to do coaching right. because Steve Kerr right. caught COVID. COVID. Right. There, and I've got some uh, hot takes and conspiracy theories about it. But in being put in that position to be a coach, yes, you just signed to be the Sacramento's head coach literally a few hours before that. And so it's your first opportunity to be on exhibition. He I, he failed the test to me. And if I'm Sacramento, Absolutely. I'm seeing if I can, like, get my money back, if I can be like, nah, cuz, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> right. the way Charles, Charles had put it um, at halftime, but also, yeah, he's looking real Paul Westhead-ish. Oh, with we want to do a call back to doubt. time. Shout like out to where, time. <laughs> um The team was coaching itself pretty mm-hmm. much, essentially. And that's the game five. The lack of pride is what <sighs> made me upset with the Warriors. The, the way they got, so for those that don't know, the Warriors got smacked down pause punched in the mouth yeah <laughs> the rock and wwf style on our uh the day that our show aired last week on wednesday the 11th the score was 134 to 95 that was the and it wasn't that close exactly was gonna say, <laughs> that was the score at the end of the game but it's after it seemed like after the first quarter and a half they was like oh all right we're gonna take we'll this back, y'all to back to the bay. San Fran. Yeah, yeah we're gonna take this back to the bay <laughs> and we'll go ahead and finish out everything there and they just kind of gave up but and it was um, awful to see. And, and and for it to be Mike Brown's only chance in that. Now, granted, game six, he had a chance to go and talk to Steve Kerr. He was like, yo, 
Bro, this is hard. <laughs> I mean, but we we're acting like we don't we don't gotta act like he hasn't had, you know what I mean, head coaching experience. But to to be in a position like that, it's like if you're the starter and you go down and then here comes the backup, a lot of them can say, oh, well, I always prepare like I'm the starter and da 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 and I'm gonna be mentally prepared. But to be thrust a couple of hours before a, a finals potential clinch clincher clincher like that. Right. It's, it, it was it's, a different it's thing. Tough. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's a different thing, especially because a lot of folks have been saying, and I don't want to say, you know, whether those folks are right or wrong and or if I, you know, have been in those conversations myself. A lot of folks say he's been riding Steve Kerr's coattails these last couple of years anyway. Oh, to get that job. Even. To be able to get the job. Because mm-hmm. if you look at what Sacramento wants to do, you can tell that that's the style that they want to pick. Even if you go back to the Luke Walton hire, who spent time in Golden State, who spent time with L.A. during that time, he coaches that style of basketball it never quite worked out for a lot of reasons like De'Aaron Fox wasn't what it was, but for whatever reason it's not worked out but that's what they want to do in Sacramento and yeah. so it's natural to pull somebody from the Steve Kerr tree um, even though I guess technically like you mentioned him having that experience as a head coach before but he's been riding the bench collecting these rings with with Golden State for the last several years and so it's like well, give him a shot. Yeah. He, he just wasn't ready for that moment and I hope I really hope for Sacramento's sake case that that's not indicative of what he's going to do when he gets over there because um, bruh, bruh looked way out of sorts and yeah. just overwhelmed with the moment. Absolutely. I don't want to uh, keep the bias on, on Golden State in the Bay Area, but y'all know what time it is with them. Um, to go <laughs> back a little bit again on Thursday, uh, the Miami Heat clinched a, um, a berth into the conference finals, beating the 76ers 99-90. and A lot of people had a lot to say about James Harden's performance. I more so was focused on. Stupid. I'm not gonna get <laughs> That's how I feel about him, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I was more focused on uh, Jimmy Butler's performance and then also mm, the shade Joel, he threw after. Joel, oh. well, Joel Embiid's shade kind of that because Joel Embiid in the post game is talking about how much he missed or, you know, it's missing fest with uh, Jimmy. With Jimmy Butler. And then he's kind of throwing. James Harden under the bus saying this is not we all understand this ain't the James Harden from Houston or whatever he was saying like it, we're going to get to the disrespect we're going to get to the disrespect that professional athletes have had for each other and the, the code the silent code that mm-hmm. has clearly been broken but with James Harden I mean to me similar to Russell their heyday or their they're like it's not about their prime but it's about that um, incline to the prime, like the 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 prodigal days, the days where you can see somebody's potential, or that they're a, a prodigy in the league, so they have that surprise factor, right? It's com- it's comparable to Cam's 2015 season. You know, we're not expecting too much out of this person, so when they when they overachieve or whatever like that it's like oh Oh, man he's doing the thing and then also with James of course since the beginning of this season um and some of last season those rule changes have really affected him facts so the way that he's played in Houston and the stuff that he was getting away with he was um his MVP season or whatever season it was like whenever he was in Houston I want to say that he was leading the league and free throw attempts, I want to say. So, you know, it, it's been a big, big um, transition. Huge part of his game gone. And, it's, yeah, it's been a big transition for him to to switch over to that. And, honestly, like, his effort, I, I can't question no professional athlete's effort, but 
I will say this. Same kind of similar with Draymond, what he was saying the other week. But if I got 20 to 40 million that I know is getting put into my account just from NBA salary. Mm -hmm. So we're talking every month. Three million, four million or something like that being deposited in my uh, there is a level or there is a there. uh, How dare I say certain complacency? If you will, or a lack of anxiety, a lack of healthy competitive anxiety that I would have, like, you know, and so, like, again, it, it comes off lackadaisical, the, the style of play that he has with his step backs and stuff like that. And we all know him. He's notorious for it. if you get a cookies on him, he's not really hustling back. You know what I'm not saying? <laughs> yeah, he's not looking to really waste a foul on the hustle back, which could be looked at one of two ways. But uh, those are those are all the things collectively. I can't put my finger on one thing, but leading it is the uh, the rule change. So I and I, and I agree. I think we've even I've mentioned it here on air. He has an ability to create the shots based on that, and with that being taken away, drawing the fouls. Um, with that being taken away, it's hurt who he is. Now I will say that I think equally, if not even more so, what's been important to him. Is the lack of continuity since he's left? Absolutely, um, Houston. Houston. Yeah, he's not been on a team for a full season, really, and so or not to your point. But then also the Brooklyn days, they had the whole debacle with mm-hmm. Kyrie and stuff. So exactly, they, they weren't all able to play as a unit. To your point, and then getting to Philly, the way that he got to Philly abruptly, same thing. One thing I will say about James, though, he's not selfish. Um, he's a guy that he gets his he gets his assistant. Um, Guys like Maxi, um, see, like guys like Maxi or um, J Cole, um, <laughs> your man name, the one that uh, Jimmy was throwing a shade at, um, and I like him too, uh, Tobias, Tobias Harris. So you know they they they've gotten their love and stuff like that, but just as a league as a whole, there's too many possessions where it's one person with the ball. You know, whatever the case or whatever the situation of the team is, like they might be down by a lot or something like that. And mm-hmm. somebody wants to play hero ball, but where there's like just simply no pass, you know what I'm saying, on a possession and things like that. Now, but like to my original point though, I've, I don't want, like when I said that, you, you looked a certain type of way. Um, About what? As far as him not being selfish. How no, it's not, I'm not I don't, it wasn't so much even about that. I mean, okay. I don't feel like he's a selfish player. I think he's a diminished player. Um, I think next season, if and, it, and all by all accounts and what it looks like at this point, he will be back in Philly because um, even with Doc Rivers getting. But anyway, if he's able to come back in Philly next year, it will be more indicative of who he really is. If he plays the way that he did this year, then we'll know that that's who he is. If he begins to play more like what he used to play, then it will reflect more so along the lines of the being able to get used to the rule changes and having some continuity, shape. continuity to, to have an off season with your with your teammates to say, all right, what are we going to do in this scenario? What are we going to do in that scenario? There are those who can get into those types of things and just be all world because they're just the best athletes in the world. But if you point blank, take a look at it. Him and um, LeBron are around the same age. They have not taken care of their bodies in the same way. Not to say that James Harden is out of shape, not to say that he is. Um, but you look at him versus LeBron and you can see that those are two different types of athlete. And so that's why at year 18 coming up, LeBron is able to play at the level that he does, even though he's starting to see some injuries and father time is taking its toll. I think after this offseason, if he's in Philly, we will see true indicative 
um, or a true indication of who James Harden is. And so I, I'm, I'm interested to see that, um, especially for Philly's sake, because we've heard, trust the process, trust the process. Hey, yo, <laughs> this process is Time looking is flawed. Absolutely. Um, especially when you talk about people like your Markel Fultz's and, and things mm-hmm. like that, where things ben happen Simmons. really... Exactly, exactly, where things haven't gone their way. So we, we mentioned Jimmy Butler. What what was the shade that he threw? So Jimmy Butler, at the conclusion of their series, his team has just uh, kind of closed out the Sixers. He went and was dapping everybody up, and he did dap J. Cole up on the court. But then immediately, not even like when he got home, in the locker room, tweeted a picture of um, the contract extension. Because if you if you guys want to think back, um, the Sixers did not extend him and, and opted to to sign Tobias. Uh, Tobias Harris to a four-year, I think it was $184 million contract. And then four days later is when Jimmy signed his $160 million contract in Miami. And so he, again, just showed the guy some love, dapped him up, hey, what's up? And then immediately in the locker room, Harris over me? Right. And then tweeted a picture of the contract. Y'all. Like, right. yeah, like y'all chose this. This was this was the poison that y'all picked. Now, that and that type of spice is, is like, I can... I appreciate that type of spice, honestly. Like, but and we'll, like I said, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. Some of the the unwritten rules, the sauce of the, of the locker room <laughs> is is crazy. Um, so the Bucks Celtics game, um, had Giannis out there trying to be, you know, hero, playing old school LeBron or Kobe, in all world. Like the thing with Giannis, like to me, you're a superior athlete. You can do your thing. You 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 do wonderful things on the court, but especially in, in playoff, the thing with NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball playoffs is these are series of games. Like Teams we're play get, each other. Even hockey, but we're going to get to know the team if we hadn't known them before. Mm-hmm. So the game plan with whoever y'all have, with whoever y'all have injured or with whoever y'all, um, you know, have on the court rather, we're going to game plan around that. And they stuck – Somebody in front of Giannis every time that he tried to drive. So we're gonna go with the either the blocking or the charge and and you know and take away your your presence in the paint. And the Let last person Yeah, the last person to get that memo was Giannis. <laughs> so it, you know, again, and I'm I said this on I think on Twitter and definitely on the group chat with, with the bros. It's sad to see of course, the Phoenix blowout because they were at home. And they were the number one seed absolutely. in a game the, seven. The way that, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give some hot takes on, on the way that that went down too. But with the Bucks, um, Celtics, I just didn't, you just want to see more competitive basketball in a game seven. You know why it didn't bother me? This team is exactly who they were prior to Middleton stepping up, prior to getting, um, what's the brother name? Drew Holiday. Holiday brother. They they were the team that had a lot of good parts, but not a lot of great parts. Giannis, I'm convinced, is not an individual who has the ability to raise other people up to be better. He like doesn't that have that point. Kobe or that Jordan I like that uh, killer instinct. I raise those around me. He has that ability that if you mess around and put some decent people around me, I'm going to get off because I'm the most athletic and freakish guy out here. And the court will have to be spaced out. And now you got knockdown shooters you can kick it out to. Right. Who, who can do it? So with that, when Middleton went down in the last round, I was like, "Yeah, they're not gonna." I, I saw nothing for them. Forecasted that. I see what you're saying. So it didn't. It didn't hurt you as much. Mm-mm, not at all. Words. That and Phoenix then, one. I, I don't like Phoenix, but 
after having released our all time top five starting. <laughs> <laughs> that aged well. <sighs> you know you what? It, yeah, you get it. <laughs> you get it. Look, look, you know, it's the blue button, but this was the wrong level. I'm not going to let you get the chance. You know what? And as a matter of fact, not only am I going to get that. Mm. It, I mean, but your, your points were valid. Last week, it's just father time, I think. <sighs> Shoulders behind. But also, so real quickly, though, before we get <laughs> before we get there, anything to say, uh, you know, before we get to the previews and stuff for the conference finals, anything to uh-huh. say about Boston or any kudos to them? No. Okay. They, they just, they took care of what they had to take care of pretty much. And as we're recording, Miami and Boston are tipping off their finals. You see Marcus Smart. Well, I, he's not playing tonight, but. Right. But here's what I think that Miami will win game one. And I hope that momentum, because they, Boston has some key injuries in the game. We'll talk about it in a second. But I really hope that they sweep them. <laughs> I hate Boston. I respect <laughs> the players. Marcus Smart, don't like him. Um, Jason Tatum. He Jason Tatum, I think, has the ability to be a superstar. And I would even the fact that he went to Duke, I would root for him if he wasn't in Boston. Like, I, I, again, he's got a double the no for me. The reason I root for him? Why? Mamba University. So but Even that's not enough for me at this of, point. Because you went from wearing that ugly blue to now wearing that ugly green. Yeah, nah, I ain't got nothing for you. But again, I respect his game. He has the, the potential and the ability, and I even think a certain level of killer instinct to be uh, a face of the franchise. Not just face of the franchise, face of the league. Mm. Uh, I could see him, Ja, and Luca being the next Kobe and LeBron. Yeah, and um, Al Hofford mentioned that it was uh, a really a grimace that um, Giannis gave him that kind of activated or turned him up. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, I guess you got to watch who you mean, Mug, and stuff like that. Got to. And that's what somebody should have told Devin Booker um, as far as <laughs> when he tried to snatch the ball out of Luka's hand. Because right. ever Luka since he did nice. that, all of those basketball games went in the Mavericks' favor. So we're going to bring this up now and talk about them. But that Mavericks blowout, man, uh, I mean – I literally watched the first quarter and turned it off. Better man than me. I I was just like, yeah, there ain't no way I'm gonna watch CP. Literally, because all I could think of selfishly was like, yo, I picked you on my all time five, (laughs) bro. Bragging on you. (laughs) I was gassing you, you, my guy, and then here you come doing this. But again, Father Time is undefeated, bro. And and it looked like he's like, hey, yo, Chris, let me tell you something. Well, (laughs) and so like. The rhythm thing as well, right? Like basketball is poetry in motion. So mm-hmm. like when one team gets rhythm and momentum and stuff, that just inversely means that the other team is a little off of their rhythm uh, 90% of the time. There's rarely that you get one of those good back and forth volleys right. of both teams are on and this is, oh, this is going Firing down. Firing all yeah. yeah. So – they got her standing too close to the layup line, but <laughs> you scared she go get hit. She she almost did just now, but um, so you can tell the people what to talk about, so they'll yeah. Know. We're watching the Celtics layup line, the Celtics in the Heat, and the Celtics layup line. Um, I forget your, your girl's name that that reports for uh, ESPN on the side. Is that, but, that's not Doris. Um, what's her name? It's the black woman. Yeah, but nevertheless, um, with the Suns, they got into a rhythm. Similar to now, and I mean, excuse me, not the Suns, the Mavericks. Similar to Memphis, not to keep bringing Memphis up, but those players that are not Ja, so your Brooks of the world and 
I've seen Devin Bain or Devin Bain. I said Desmond <laughs> Bain. I've seen him do this one move all season, and then there was a soft. There was a soft story. You know how during the season you you run out of things to talk about at like halftime and stuff like that. So they do the spotlights on certain players and things like that. So they had a, a soft story on Bain regarding his workout regimen, and it's a step. It's a sidestep that he's worked on all summer long like rigorously mm-hmm. and that's all he was doing you know in game four excuse me in game five and in game six to us to to the Warriors so um similar to that though player like Dinwiddie he was like okay it's it's time then a player like Brunson Again, and they, and maybe it's just their feet, them feeding off of Luca's confidence. And, and I absolutely but. agree with that because knowing who Spencer Dinwiddie has been, both with his times in L.A., both with his time Brooklyn. Um, in Brooklyn, he's a shooter. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to deny you that. But players like that, Mario Chalmers was tremendous in Miami with LeBron and with him with um, Chris Bosh. You know, yeah. You put him in in Cleveland disappeared you put him in dallas disappeared players like that they need that energy they feed off of that playing with players like michael or kobe it elevates them to that and i honestly i hate to say it but luca's got it luca has that that it factor that elevates those around him he alone can increase the sum of who those players are so I wouldn't give it too much to them. It's almost but. like Luca activated a different uh, switch. Mm-hmm. Like and I said, it, I, I think the moment was when Devin Booker was playing with him a little bit too much in the middle of their series, and, and the Suns was kind of happy-go-lucky. They felt like they had the upper hand, like, yo, we're going we gonna to get rid of these guys. And there was just a look that Luca made, some expletives that he said, and um, it hasn't been the same since. Right. And and then also I think Lil Wayne had made some mention to <laughs> you know Luca yeah. being something that rhymes with Bo. Right. And, a garden uh, tool, if you would. And yeah, and he didn't take too kind to that as well, like I suppose. Did you see Mark Cuban's response to it? Mm-hmm. Five. Yeah, but then and also um Lil Wayne courtside at the Suns game, mm-hmm. you know, with the with the shock face. Hurting. So yeah, so yeah. those of you who may have missed it, uh he in in just tweeting as a although he's a uh, not a Lakers fan. Who's his team? Is it the Lakers? His primary team, I think, is but, the Lakers. But he's a Chris but he's, Paul. He's Chris Paul, Paul, and then he of course from Nolan, so he's rocking with them um, with the Suns or whatnot. So as a result, he was courtside at the Suns game, tweeted in like game six or game five. Oh, he's this and da 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 da. And then you know, folks kind of sat back, and then when they closed it out. Minutes later, he's uh, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavs, tweets out a picture of <laughs> Lil Wayne sitting courtside with the sad face, and then quotes one of his one of Lil Wayne's songs. Um, what was it? Um, I have you courtside, or I give you front row view, or something like along the lines. Mm-hmm. But basically, roasted him with his own lyrics, and it's just like, oh, Mark Cuban, you either got some really good social media folks, or you get a point for that one. Yeah, yeah. One, so uh, man, before we get to the. The preview of the conference finals. One person that doesn't get any points. Uh, well, they might get some points. Your man Pat <laughs> Beverly. Uh, uh, let's just yeah, let's get to it. I guess my first question regarding Pat though, <laughs> and just the whole situation, um, is has has ESPN become caric- caricature 
caricature of themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. And, and is, so is FS1 become more credible? No, because they're still trash. I don't watch them at all. Mm-hmm. I honestly, <sighs> Barstool Sports, I rock with. Um, the Canadian CN1, they, they've got some pretty good coverage of sports. But uh, And Four Letter, I hope y'all not listening if y'all want to hire me. I'm still with it. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll sing and dance just if you pay me right. But too much of what they've done has become sensationalizing sports and the stories around it. Reporting sports is cool, giving perspectives and talking about it like we do here on Carolina Sports Talk. And this is Carolina Sports Talk. Shaman Big Cliff in High Star Studios with my guy DJ High Star. Um, we, we report sports. We talk about it. We give perspectives, insight, and a different view. It seems like everything they're doing now is about the entertainment value. Um, I it all went downhill for me with ESPN when they signed with WWE and started talking and doing coverage on that. That's sports entertainment. That's not sports. You're the sports network. I knew then that something was going to change. And so to put, and I hate to bear the lead, but to put Pat Bev and his trash on the airways and not just, oh, he said it one time. They knew exactly what he was going to say and exactly. the links and the depths that he was going to go. They put him on every oh, yeah. single on campus show. It's like, yo, yeah. just come spend a day with us, bro. Absolutely. And bounced around all the shows to spew that hate. And then when you have Let's real. about my fault to cut you off. Yeah, let me get this off. Yeah. And then when you have real players like my dog, Matt, that's coming and like, you know what I mean? Letting loose on him, pause. Then now they're looking like the bad guys because he's the one driving like the ratings and stuff like that, and how he's got a better career in broadcasting. And he doesn't have a better career because he's first of all he sounds slow when he's talking. Second of all, you can tell this is literally some personal beef because this man has cooked you through the years, and now here you are trying to shine and, and throw that dirt in that mud. But he's trash. ESPN is trash. To get back to your original point, FS1 just corny because they got the corniest dudes of all time on their network. And the rejects from the four letters. So it's like, yo, I'm not listening so, to none of y'all. With, with Pat, it started off for me <laughs> when uh, one of the early games in the Warriors-Memphis series, uh-huh. Ja might have went off for like, let's say, I think maybe 40-something points or something like that. Had a, a gargantuan effort. And here come Pat Beverly tweeting, oh, but he didn't do that to us, though. From yeah. the couch. From the from the couch. So, so hold on. You know what? He you ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sweat. I was like, what's this dude on now with the with the CP3 stuff? Um, to further uh illustrate your point that it's personal and stuff, let's circle back to the shove heard around the world mm. when he shoved Chris Paul in the mm. back after again, and I don't know if Chris Paul said something no, no, without no. his mouth moving. It's no, no, no. I'm willing to bet that money looked. that he said something and then turned around and walked off because Chris Paul has a mouth. I don't oh, know yeah. if you noticed it, but, but he's I'm saying it's the way that skin. the camera was on him, it had to be the like through his teeth or just like something like punk. You know what I'm saying? And real quick and, and subtle, <laughs> and it probably wasn't punk that he said, right? But, it was real quick and subtle the way that Pat Beverly at that time was on the Clippers. Snapped and then, yeah. And he, he snapped. And then there was a point made back then. I forgot it wasn't a lot of people, but some people were making mention to how um, a lot of Chris Paul's teammates didn't run and rush to help him up. And that was an indictment or that showed kind of the, the league's attitude on Chris Paul or whatever like that. But it feels like he's been holding out, 
wait and since that since those times to get uh to get this hate off or whatever like that. Were they clips together? That's a good question. Because if because right. if so, ain't no telling what was said or done in a, in a locker room, and then he leaves the Clippers and goes to the Sun, and it's like, now nah, it's my time to shine. And I've also heard that I want to say it was in like a LeBron camp or something like that. That Pat Beverly um, says that he got the best of Chris Paul. In a LeBron camp, exactly. The way the, the audience can't see that, but yeah, <laughs> I, I rolled heavily yeah, exactly. just now, y'all. Like this, like the dude. emoji. But Bro, um, facts, this dude is trash, though, and that's yeah. my whole thing. But you are an NBA player who has consistently gone out there and played in, in Air Force Ones, Willie D's, bro. Like, yeah, defensively he's sound. I'm not gonna give him that, but but like as an overall player. You're a role mo- like a role yeah, player. Yeah, You've yeah, never been a superstar. Best. You never made a, 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 a sorry, say Pro Bowl. You never made an All Star game. It's like, bro, who are you? And my dude Matt with all the smoke, he he really on ESPN Matt met um Barnes. Okay, um gave them he was let he was let loose. He wasn't even on his show. He was on ESPN airs. Oh, okay, okay. It was like I don't like honestly. I feel like it's disrespectful for him to try to play Chris. And then it's clearly something personal. Da, 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 da. And let's be honest, you're trash. You're a role player. <laughs> I'm. I, and, I, and this is coming from a guy who was a role player. I got championships. Do you? Mm. This man doesn't have no championships. But you're not that. And like lays into him and just like goes off. He was cussing. Like they had to give him a couple of the. Oh, wow. On ESPN airwaves because he was Shout going out to in. Matt Barnes, man. Listen, I like my dog. He's a real one. He but, is. Um, he keeps it. Yeah, apart. back, back, back to Pat Beverly. Not to mention, gave us the meme of the of the summer or of the playoffs when with the playing game when he acted like they had just won the world oh, championship when they beat, uh, which is still my. It's my. I want to say it's my Marco Polo, and I think it's my Twitter. Uh, Abby or whatever <laughs> like that. It's just a screenshot of him crying and bruh. Happy like he done win a, a chip. It was a play in game, bruh. Relax. And then y'all can't even get past the Grizz. All right. John Morant. <laughs> John Morant made cooking. Yeah, put y'all put y'all on the poster. Then did his little dance all over y'all logo. Like, nah, bruh. Even even the point of him doing John Moran's dance that was annoying. You know what I'm Bruh, saying? That Everything is, that he does, he is that dude. <laughs> he is really just. What do you make of? Um, oh, what did he say about um, going to sleep at eight o'clock when guarding Chris uh, Steph Curry? But he goes to hang out with his girl, calling his mama, hanging out, going to right. the steak, get a steak when guarding Chris Paul. That's that's some of the reason that prompted my ESPN question for you because. He knew where he was going, what campus he was going mm-hmm. to, and he was like, "Let me get my sound bites ready." So it was just one of the sound bites. Like, like last week, I said, um, I said regarding the w- winning time show, I said, "Yeah, Magic and Norm Nixon, they they were closer than Kenny Smith's knees." That was something that I prepared. You feel what I'm saying? That was something that. <laughs> Before the show started last week, I was like, oh, man, this is going to kill him. I'm going to get this off. And that's what Pat Beverly, I think, like with the whole cone thing and then the whole, you know, I go to sleep at 8 o'clock to guard that Those wasn't spontaneous. Those was things that, okay, I'm going to get this off, like which which proves even, you know, cornier or whatever like that. What about um, him him pulling Paul George into the whole mix, <laughs> saying like, "Yo, I ain't going to say no names." 
You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say. I'm gonna say the name. Yeah. <laughs> Paul George said, "Man, ain't nobody worried about Chris Paul." You know what? I got a hot take. Uh, it's hot. Hot takes. It would not surprise me if not only did ESPN know that he was coming to do that. I honestly believe they egged him up to do it on some. Yo, no, go ahead, do you, be you. To just not hold anything back. Oh. Even with the way that that happened, he was like, I'm not going to say any names. And then he paused as if somebody in his earpiece was saying, nah, say the name. You know what? I am going to say the name. And, and and at the end of the day, ain't no telling how much they paid him for those appearances. Not only that, he went all that whole day on their shows and then came back the next day. He was on all day today as well. Well, um, yeah. I mean, because... By by the end of last by the end by really midday yesterday he was trending so everywhere yeah of course like again to what we're talking about with ESPN and I cannot pronounce the caricature word uh, correctly for whatever <laughs> reason they they're going to go with the trendy oh yeah we got something here right exactly almost like Tebow mania or insanity or anything like they it's cringy anything at this that's point um, with ESPN is that's a national. Hey, it's moving the wire thing. Oh, they're going to milk is, it dry. Yeah, my thing is that you said like the writing was on the wall with the WWE stuff. Mm-hmm. With me, the writing was on the wall with the Stephen A. Smith contract, the big contract, because we know what type of guy he is, and it's not he didn't change at all. At all, but he just amplified into, exactly. He dipped into his own personality, like, oh, I'm gonna turn up on y'all. So y'all gonna give me the microphone so, exactly. for my own show? <laughs> Come on, dude, so, relax. Like, um, <laughs> are you kidding me? So like, you, you Happy people that <laughs> to him, I don't, I don't care. care. Good luck. So like, you like the drops. JJ I like it when you like the drops. <laughs> JJ Reddick's of the world. And Who actually does a really good and job. Jason Williams that that like actually give him pushback. Mm-hmm. When you be looking at his face, he really don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Why you think he Max not on the, the show no more? Exactly. He so he likes the sensationalized stuff as mm-hmm. long as you're not attacking him and what he's saying. Stephen A. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, somebody to Pat Bev. You're gonna be able to talk. You. Talk about everybody you want Because you guess what Just don't talk about Stephen A Right Because it's my show And I get the final word Right Yo relax Now I do want to While we're on the NBA And just before we You know Actually do the conference (laughs) Previews that we've been Kind of Hyping up and teasing To you guys uh, Going on while we were recording Was the NBA Draft lottery as well And the top 14 picks have been locked in and so 14 the cleveland cavaliers 13 the hornets number 12 the la clippers although the pick goes to the oklahoma city thunder 11 your new york knicks 10 the wizards 9 the spurs the lakers secure the eighth pick which will actually be going over to new orleans seven is the portland trailblazers six and the indiana indiana pacers five detroit pistons four the kings Three, the Houston Rockets. The number two pick will be going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the number one pick belongs to the Orlando Magic. So shout out to the Magic for winning the uh, number one pick. I'm interested to see what they do with it. Um, They've had the number one pick three times that I can think of in the last, um, how many ever years, what, 20 years or so, 30 years. 
Um, one of them we know they used for Dwight Howard. Can you remember the other two number one picks that they have had? I'll give you a hint. One of them they on draft they traded to the Golden State Warriors. Matt, Michigan man. Chris Mullen? Close, but not really. Chris, um, oh, Lord, I just took his name. Call the timeout. Um, Chris Webber. Chris Webber. Yeah, so they drafted him number one, and the third one you should know, 1992. Shaq Orlando Diesel. Man. Shaq Diesel. Yeah, so they've got some pretty good, uh, pretty good track record at picking the number one spot, even when they don't keep the pick. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, this upcoming season. And then your man's uh, Greg Anthony's son still still down there, right? Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess, uh, you know, best of luck to him and everything with that. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the the conference preview since the the conference finals have began. Uh, we got the Celtics currently playing the Heat, and then tomorrow the Mavericks will begin, uh, you know, playing the Warriors. Their conquest of failure, but go ahead. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, what do you want to talk about with it as far as just give picks? Yeah, let's just give picks. I think we've kind of talked about the teams enough at this yeah. point. We know that Celtics like are dealing with some um, injuries, as is Miami, but um, you like Miami over the Celtics. I like I, I, I like the the prototype. I just Miami plays team I, basketball. That that and then also like Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, how should I put this? He reminds me. Right now, like the pace that he plays with is the pace that a D Wade played with. Like, and so I say that as respectfully as possible. Um, D Wade played at his own speed. Regardless. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let y'all dictate the game around me. I'm not gonna play mm-hmm. as fast as y'all play. I'm not gonna play as slow as Kyle Anderson and none of that, but I'm gonna play my own speed. So it's always gonna be like a my rhythm is always uh, a decibel off from or like uh, just a beat off from what you are guarding. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're going to maybe be guarding at a certain speed, whether you're guarding and moving too fast or moving too slow. I'm going to switch it up so much that this is all my pace, but you're you're at a disadvantage, you know, right. I mean, whenever you guard me. That's what it seems like Jimmy Butler does. And he's always in control um, for the most part whenever he has the ball whenever he's um, in transition or on a fast break. It seems like he's always in control. He's mastered the draw contact and finish and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's 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 like the prototypical, like the creative player that you would, even down <laughs> to like the braids and the headband. It's like, wow. Like, this is what I would create my. You 1997 know I mean? me made him in a lab. Right. Like, oh, six. <laughs> I don't know what he is, maybe 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I think he's more like 6'7". Okay, but yeah, oh, a, a, a two guard that's, you know, 6'6", six, six or 6'7", six, or whatever like that. And he's, you know, whatever build. He's 6'7". Okay, and whatever build that you would consider that. And like I said, little cornrows, headband, <laughs> or like when you had the messy hair freestyle, uh, the messy uh-huh. hair from Duke or whatever like that. Like, I'll do that. You know, the sponge look. And yeah, and I'm gonna get work my uh, what they call it the VC points. I'm gonna get my VC points up and, <laughs> and work it out. So, shout out to Jimmy Butler, man. Just 
really his yeah. consistency after Philly and that whole Minnesota Philly stuff that was going on. It was a lot. Because he was being painted in a different light. I think a lot of it had to do with Rachel Nichols, but we're not going to tap into that. Um, pause. <laughs> that was his job. So oh, anyway, <laughs> right. I, I, I like Miami in the series, although I think Boston's going to win. Mm. Um, they look like a team that's destined to do so. I hate it, but I would love to see them lose to the to the Warriors in the finals, um, which is a prelude. I think both of uh, at this point, if you guys listen to the show, you know how both of us feel about Golden State, and so yeah. Um, you, do you give Dallas any chance? Yeah, a lot of chance. I mean, honestly, mm. I but I have to stick to my guns. My squad is my squad, but I was saying it um, earlier, like on Sunday. I wanted, I actually wanted Dallas to win, but I wanted to see a competitive. I wanted to see two competitive game sevens on Sunday. Right, you didn't get that. Day. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? You probably should have looked in the NHL, and we'll Funny talk about it on another episode. Funny thing is, is before the game they do like little fan duels, sports betting type of picks and stuff, mm-hmm. and the line for Luca was like, "Will he score 35 points?" And Chuck, I think, said like, "Yes," but then it was like. Will, he's, will he um, hit four or five from three-pointer? And Chuck was like, no, no, he ain't doing that. <laughs> and he did it in the first half, four for four from three, and wow. had like 27 again like we talked about. So, you know, that that was the funny thing about that. But, yeah, I, I, I wanted Dallas to win at, uh, initially. So I was like, all right, that'll be I'll, – I'll like that, whatever, that matchup or whatever. And then I just – Golden State Phoenix would have been a good Jason, series. Oh, yeah, that would have been a great series as well just competitively. But I started thinking about Jason Kidd coaching and um, and then started looking at the pieces that Dallas had. And I'm like, yo, the way that Golden State slept on, like, not, I mean, I don't know if they slept on them, but your Brooks again and, and Bain. And um, I want to give some of some of the other Memphis players credit, but I can't remember your names. But, uh, <laughs> um, but like the way that they kind of slept on a lot of those Memphis players, that's not Ja Morant. Mm-hmm. And like that are more considered more of role players, and they let them light them up. It's like, are y'all gonna do that or let Dallas do that to y'all? Yes, because honestly, as good as a team, like and Brunson, I can't even say good team, as good as they offensively are, aside from Draymond and maybe Clay and Looney, who do you have that's really a defensive specialist like that on Golden State's team? Steph Curry is an absolute liability on the on the defensive side of the ball. Regardless, he's the only that's the only reason I didn't put him in my top five uh, starting. Even though at this point, I think I might have to move Chris Paul for <laughs> him. All right, well, not even for him. Probably put Magic in, but neither here nor there. Um, I think that's my only worry because there's nobody that's going to be able to stop Luca on that team. Because if you put Draymond onto Luca, you've now opened up the bigs in the middle. And Kevon Looney, although he did step up big towards the end of the series, had a couple of games with 20-plus rebounds, uh, uh, including several offensive rebounds, I don't see them being able to stop the size that um, that they have. And if those role players shoot like they did throughout the end of this series, Golden State's going to be in for it. I would, I just I just don't want to see. I I don't like Dallas. I, I hate teams. Chicago, Bull, uh, Chicago uh, Bears, they're one of the teams I don't like. I ain't got no reason not to like them. They've been terrible for years. I still don't like them. I don't. Point. I don't like their jerseys. I never, I never liked any of their quarterbacks. Nothing. Even when when Pep Julius Peppers went there, it's like Ugh, I don't like you no more now, bro. Mm. Um, when he went to Green Bay, cool, you're good now. You're, you're good back with me. 
Dallas is one of those teams. I don't like Dallas. I don't like nothing coming out of the city of Boston. Shout out to the Bruins. Yeah, shout out to the Bruins losing to the Carolina uh, Hurricanes in game seven in the NHL. We on to the second round. But I, I, I just don't see – I see it being hopefully competitive, and Golden State's going to need to get healthy. Um, losing um, your Peyton boy son, Peyton, Man, Peyton Jr. was huge. I, it, it, we'll check and see what he's looking like if he's healthy. He's going to be able to come back. Um, Poole started towards the end of the series – kind of reverting to earlier season him and kind of losing some of that magic. And so they're going to need absolutely. all of those role players to step up and play. It's frustrating them. to watch. Yeah, Absolutely. They're going to need those players to play like how they didn't know how to play. My only hopes are with the speed that because Dallas defensively isn't that sound either. And so hopefully what Draymond likes to do with pushing that ball will be a little bit more effective and allow them to be able to get into Warriors basketball. But in a cleaner type of exactly. way. Exactly. Um, you got your Wiggins of the world and Clay that um again, are both eating if up. they exactly like if they eat um cool on Jordan Poole again in his role of like all right, you come off the bench. But to your point, Jordan Poole has been looking to kind of play hero ball and I don't know if it was a case of uh Memphis figuring them out and like game planning around him, but they definitely frustrated him toward the end of that series and had him real frazzled and you know mm-hmm. what I mean looking pedestrian absolutely absolutely so so we know we so are you sticking with the uh Warriors pick mm-hmm. though most definitely so Warriors and you say Heat yeah. for the finals how trash would it be for the Heat to come all the way back to the finals and lose to another team from the west coast like they did in the bubble when they when the Lakers beat them Man, oh, man, oh, man. It's going to be some good basketball to watch, man. So we're excited for that. As we move forward, we got one more quick segment for you. Um, We're working on a name for it, but basically we're Carolina Sports Talk, and we want to highlight the Carolinas. And so each week moving forward, we're going to be spotlighting either a team or a player or um, your favorite characters in sports from the Carolinas. And what better place to start than with the Carolina Panthers Unfortunately, it's not just such a great spot to start off because if you have taken a look at the ESPN, I said the the ESPN's latest uh, power rankings, they've got the Carolina Panthers ranked in a very precarious place. The ESPN has them ranked as the 32nd team out of 32 mm. teams in the NFL. Is that good? It ain't bad. It ain't good. It's bad. It's terrible. Um. <laughs> the power panel just kind of doesn't really apparently take into account that by many accounts, we had the best draft out of all the teams. CBS, Yahoo, and USA Today all ranked the Carolina Panthers draft as having the number one draft in the league last um, this past month. Um, and apparently to ESPN, that didn't matter. With the free agent signings, with the great draft that we've had um, – even with Atlanta having new quarterbacks, with Seattle, not Seattle, with um, New Orleans being trash, I believe this year, they still have us at the bottom. Now, honestly, I will say that respectfully, I guess, disrespectfully, the Atlanta Falcons were the 31st team. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, do you think that we will well, prove them we wrong? we beat them with that. Um, <laughs> but we didn't, though. <laughs> They're in front of us. <laughs> no, I'm saying, yeah, in, a, in an inverse, in a verse, inversely type of way, uh, we, we, you know, if we were going to be close to the bottom, at least we were all the way at the bottom. 
But no, I think a lot of it had to do with the lack of cementing the um, quarterback position or mm-hmm. uh, just the lack of leadership from the quarterback position itself. Um, and only time can tell, man. I literally got nothing. For is similar to the Knicks, I, I have to have like kind of lower or no expectations for the Panthers because, granted, I love what they did in the draft, but those leadership positions. Not not giving nothing for you. I got another hot take, bro. You ready? Hot. Couldn't resist. The Carolina Panthers third round draft pick quarterback Matt Corral will be the next quarterback superstar to take this league by storm. First of all, Ken, you left this very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Are you saying he's going to be a starter this year? What are you What are you saying by saying that? Okay, you know what? By what week is he going to start? You ready for the hot seat? It's hot. Gotta call you the task. The quarter, pa- quarter, uh, the Carolina Panthers quarterback Matt Corral will start Week One. Mm. Scott Fitterer has been uh, an assistant GM for now, several years. Take. He's been an assistant GM for several years, coming from the Seattle Seahawks organization. The Seahawks, back in the year that Russell Wilson was drafted, had paid Matt Flynn a four-year. Hundred and I think it was eighty million dollar contract. Russell Wilson came in as a third round pick, wowed the coaching staff, and was their week one starter and led them to a Super Bowl victory. I believe that Matt Corral will do the same. The offensive line that only gave up fifty two sacks last year, as trash as we were, they only gave up fifty two sacks the entire season. Has now been solidified with what is. By many accounts, the best offensive lineman in this year's draft that was littered with a bunch of good ones. I think between the offensive line acquisitions, the wide receiver acquisitions and drafts, the defense, I I honestly believe that if Matt Corral can use this chip on his shoulder and come and show himself to be um, anything like a Russell Wilson type of player, um, he has the potential to come and be the day one starter and lead this team, not to a Super Bowl this year, but within four years. Hot takes. What you say on it? I mean, like I said, it it was a hot take that you that you ended with as far as when when he'll start and and things like that. I, I had to I had to pause, pull that pull that out and you know what I mean. Extrapolate it for your boy. Help yeah, me. Yeah, I had to get that <laughs> extracted from you like and actually get you to 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 give a hot take if you were gonna give one. No, I, I honestly believe it. He's got the potential. Now, do I am I impressed and overwhelmed with his talent? No, but I there's something to be said about the about the formatting and, and, and how things can fit with that. So, one more quick note before we get out of here: Panthers have updated some numbers. You a big numbers guy? What was your football jersey number in high school? Seventeen and twenty. Well, for, it started off with twenty two, but I, I ended off with seventeen. Okay, my last two years. I started with a seven. Excuse me, seventy five. Uh, when I was playing guard, and then when I moved into the fullback position, I dropped down to 30. 30 was my jersey number. But it was significant because 30 was also my basketball number and my baseball number. Um, and so I've always had this thing with threes. And then the sofa my 30 to be my number, it was just like, oh, that's dope. But the Panthers have just released their newest 
lineup, if you would, with several players um, changing numbers, most notably the best punter in the league, Johnny Hecker, will be wearing number six. And if you say to yourself, hey, isn't that the number that P.J. Walker wore? Yes, he will be switching to the number 11 this year. Now, if you say to yourself, hey, isn't that the number that Robbie Anderson wore? Yes. Robbie No Henderson. <laughs> Robbie No Henderson. Uh, Robbie will be switching from 11 to three. Fun fact, three is actually a number that Derek Anderson wore as quarterback backing up Cam Newton here in Carolina as well. So another Anderson wearing three on his back. Uh, A couple of other notables, uh, safety Xavier Woods will be wearing 20. I did like the fact that um, 24 is going to be back in the rotation. Now, C.J. Henderson, when signed in, brought in last year, was wearing number 15. He, this year, will be embracing the number 24. Why is that significant, I may ask? Josh Norman was the last really notable, notable. I was going to say, Bradbury had 24. And like I said, C.J. Henderson was the last notable. Josh, Josh Norman was the last notable. For me, he, he developed over time, and he, he got paid and went into New York. But if you notice, now he's nowhere. Bradbury has been released from his contract with the New York Giants as well, so. Um, I, I like to see that 24 Roman in the backfield for um, for our Panthers. Uh, running back Deontay Foreman will be wearing 33, and then the rest of some linemen and guards and DNs and stuff, um, including Matt Ioannidis, who's wearing number 99. So uh, shout out to those. Uh, if you wanted to hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Tell us what's your favorite jersey number and whose Panthers jersey are you going to buy for next year? Well, bro, uh, anything you want to holler at the people for? Yeah, we I want to see on? if you, if we had a little time for um, maybe a nothing to do with sports real quick. Let's get it. Go for it. All right. Um, I want to end on on one thing. So I would just real quickly want to give shout out to, and if you can get the applause ready, but shout out to K-Dot, Kendrick Lamar. I'm not sure if you caught his album yet, but he dropped his album. <laughs> Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Mm-hmm. Awesome introspective album. A lot of... A lot of he bared bared a lot on there, a lot of transparency and vulnerability, and some toxicity. But go ahead. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. But when we cry, just, or we cry together, bro. Right. It's it's a crazy. Track. I mean, it's a lot of tracks that it's vital. That, exactly, it's a lot of tracks that'll get that shock value out of you, because Auntie Diaries people mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, but then there's a lot of again vulnerable tracks. Um, Mama, mother, I'm mother. I sober. Uh, father time. Uh, different tracks like that. And, it, and it's just a great mix, honestly, after having a week or pretty much about a half a week to sit with the album and listen to it. Awesome, awesome project and piece of work. He's one of the greatest poets of our time right now. Dope. Secondly, um, in in true nothing to do with sports fashion, this has a little bit to do with sports, but um, there's a new Oklahoma quarterback that's um, on the horizon <laughs> and, and ready to... Uh, to start for Oklahoma junior college, or excuse me, a com- he's a new commitment from a junior college from a JUCO. The quarterback's name, General Booty. Yep, you heard can, that can, right. Can you, can you say that one more time, bro? For those who may not hear you, uh, the quarterback's name, and he played one season at Tyler Junior College. The brother's name is General Booty. What? Yeah, bro. What are you talking about, man? First name General, last name Booty. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, it, it just have got my first of all. First of all, it had me the same way that Russell just now was on that soundbite. What? 
What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> it also had me thinking about some of the players over the years that have either had like the strangest uh, sports names or most apropos sports names and and you know blessed sports names. And one that stood out for me is this guy that I went to high school with. Um, guy played middle linebacker, number fifty one, and his name Striker Huffman. <laughs> I don't know a more perfect. Uh, linebacker name than striker huffman bruh <laughs> which is crazy um any 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 that stand out to you or that you can think of for some reason the name philly brown just sounds fast it does me. just just for, does. What, for whatever reason you hey know yo philly saying? man slow down philly you know hey I mean? man call, we yeah, trying to catch if you you're, if you're nicknamed yeah. or just coming up your name you cemented it as philly brown I'll just imagine that your your forty time is sub four five four six. The two foremost that stand out of my mind um, weren't the, their given names, right. um, but Chad Ochocinco is definitely one of the wildest. Uh, Meta World Peace is another another one out there. Unique. Now, if you want to go to some given names, um, you've you've got a Rusty Coons, mm. uh, good baseball name. Uh, there was old school baseball player Dick Pole. Honestly, that was his literal given name. <clears throat> All, right. Um, All right. We've got... Uh, Chipper Jones. Milton Bradley. He, like, come on, dog. This, you're literally the the Monopoly guy. Come on, stop it. Um, so there's, there's been some names out there now. Shout out to Chipper Jones. And, and another one that comes to my mind is Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, the Brickashaw. <laughs> the Brickashaw Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. D apostrophe. Brickashaw. Brickashaw, like you're gonna play football. Like you're you're made for that, yeah, sir. I'm not. We're not gonna do nothing else, but you're gonna play football. Now you got me want to Google and see. Yo, oh my gosh. See, that's why you don't use Google because now I'm looking at Google and I'm like, yo, a Coco Crisp, another mm-hmm. one. Some of these aren't uh, necessarily Carolina sports talk friendly, <laughs> but yeah. Now there's some some longer longer basketball player. Out wow. of Oklahoma, um, yeah, this is a bunch. God, Sham, God. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Sham. Yeah, shout out to. He got a whole move uh, named after him. Mm-hmm. Let me get that. Um, but yeah, so right. Before, I Speedy got Speedy Claxton. Pistol Pete. I don't really count because he was as a nickname. But right. Yeah, it was. It's some names out there, man. So Wolfgang Wolf. <laughs> Yeah, they go dick pole right there. Oh. But um, hey, oh, it's about that time. One more thing I wanted to say, and we're going to let you guys get out of here. Shout out to social media. This is my nothing to do with sports moment for the week. Um, I put out a post on my personal social media. One of our um, good friends, um, Shakira uh, from South Carolina State University. She typed a vi- uh, typed. <laughs> she recorded a video of giving her daughter an Asia Wilson jersey. Um, they live down in Atlanta, of course, for here so come from the Carolinas. Um, and the daughter was crying. She loves Asia Wilson, although she is an Atlanta Dream fan. And so having an opportunity, she literally was wearing her Dream jersey as her mom gave her the Asia Wilson um, jersey as a gift. And they were, had the tickets to go to the game. And they were like, hey, look, this is what happened. She shared it. She was like, hopefully, you know, maybe we can even see if we're about trying to get her to, to sign, sign it for you. And so people just started sharing and started sharing. Really, uh, my fault to cut you off, but the uh, Orangeburg family really started that sharing too. That from what I saw, a lot well, of the Orangeburg family. I will say that it was a lot of folks because even some of the folks, how uh, 
I had folks who were in touch with people from the team who don't didn't know her and just saw it awesome. on our post and were able to kind of get some things connected. And, and so shout out to everybody who shared that. But the power of social media, man, it was awesome. And then to see the video with Ken and, you know, her, her pops is a bruh. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's extra special for us to just kind of see that, that smile on her face and the joy that sports is able to bring to the young people in its purest like that, man. Uh, so they, she had a chance. That it, it, it did get linked in that Asia Wilson was able to see the video and say, yeah, bring her up pregame. She met her. She cried. Her and her family were there. They got the chance to get some autograph. Uh, Asia gave them some really great swag. And, and she got a chance to meet her idol, man. And just Beautiful. The, the awe and, and the excitement that was on her face and that she exuded. That, that's a moment she'll remember for the rest of her life, man. And, and, and that's, that's about. Yeah, it's a big look, man. I even myself, like I failed personally. Like I, I called the, uh, the the Las Vegas Aces. I was like, hey, this is video going on social media. For her mind is going viral. She wants to meet Asia. Da, da, da. She's like, they hit me. It's like, yeah, we've heard. Um, unfortunately, because it's in Atlanta, there's nothing we can do. Maybe you can try to call a dream. Da, 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 da. And I'm not Why sure. Do you consider that a fail. Because even though I didn't get it done that way, I don't know if, and I, and I don't want to like sit and take the credit because I know a lot of people did a lot of things, but I, I also do know that, like I said, a Sigma randomly that I know is like, hey, my girl's um, brother-in-law is the, mm. he used to be the head coach and now he's in the front office. Mm. I just shot your video to him. I was like, mm. say word. And so uh, again, the power of social media is dope to me and to be able to make kids' dreams come true like that. In in sports, that's, that's a win for me, man. So- uh, shout out to all you guys making your dreams come true and, and, and loving sports the way that we do here at Carolina Sports Talk. But that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, check us out on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Or hit us and drop us a line on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. We appreciate you tuning in. And until next week, peace.